This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Magid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. This talk is about the precept about not lying to myself about how everything is just fine. I've been coming to OMZ for about two and a half years. I knew about OMZ much longer than that, but only a very tough case of burnout and a desperate sense that I finally had to do something for myself for a change finally got me to OMZ. Actually, what literally got me there was I was reading one of Barry's books, and he was talking about how Zen was not a denial-based practice. Rather, it was about making connections within the Sangha. It was a longing for connections that got me to do the life-affirming thing of coming to OMZ. And I came for quite a while, but things didn't really change. I wasn't working any fewer hours. I'd crawl into my cave apartment at the end of my exhausting work week and crawl back out at the end of the weekend to go exhaust myself some more. Of course, if you asked me how things were going, I'd tell you everything was just fine. I then had a meltdown. The nonprofit community housing group that I worked for as a community organizer laid off four long-term employees some of whom were quite close to me. And at the same time, we were engaged in ugly and acrimonious union contract negotiations, and the atmosphere in the place became quite toxic and poisonous. I went into some kind of mad tailspin. I'm a diabetic, and I stopped taking my insulin for several days. And at one point, I stayed awake for six days in a row. I started sending crazy emails to everyone I knew. I'd argue with anyone I came into contact with, to no point, to no end. My youngest brother and sister intervened on my behalf, and while I've intervened with some of my older brothers and sisters when they've had depressive bipolar episodes, I don't think I ever really understood what intervention was all about until I was intervened upon myself. Eventually, I was back on my medicine, sleeping again, and a lot of family and friends were involved. The last thing was to get a psychiatrist for me for ongoing treatment. Ah, uh, New York. Whenever you want to see a highly recommended psychiatrist who's in your health care plan, there's at, least a, there's at least an eight to ten week wait. I suggested to my youngest brother that I go to the psychiatric emergency room at the local hospital a block away to see the psychiatrist assigned to the hospital or to get a psychiatric referral. Amazingly, even though I had the best health plan that you can get, my hospital didn't take my insurance, and so it was decided the best thing for me is Let's check me into a psychiatric hospital for a while. It will take me, and then I can get psychiatric care right away. Such a mistake. Some of you may be familiar with that old Olivia de Havilland film, The Snake Pit, 
or Sam Fuller's film, Shock Corridor, where seemingly healthy people struggle to get well in over-the-top, bedlam-like conditions that slowly drive them insane. We are in 2013, after all, and so I don't want to overstate the case of how bad it was that, at the psychiatric hospital I ended up with. However, some of the patients, often completely naked, would walk up and down the hallways all night, screaming at the top of their lungs, keeping us awake. I had no heat in my room during the entire time that I stayed at this hospital. Uh, the, the men's shower room was outside of, uh, right outside my room, and it flooded. And so the last day that I was there, I had three inches of water in my room. I liked my roommate well enough, but he seemed to want to talk about the same thing over and over and over and over again. When this meltdown was first happening, and before I stopped coming to OMZ for a while, I used to talk to Barry about what was going on, and he would refer to my illness as a gift. This really annoyed the crap out of me. <laughs> I had been much influenced by Ezra Baida and his idea about embracing our fear and learning from it, but my own personal mental illness wasn't something that I particularly wanted to learn from. The good thing that came out of all of this is that staying at this psychiatric hospital for three days scared the shit out of me. It really sobered me up, and it convinced me to stop fighting with my doctors, my family, my friends, and to really get myself better. Another good thing changed. Three of my brothers and sisters, whom I had not spoken to for more than 10 years by their choice, called me and we had long talks about our common family mental illness. Turns out that eight of the 11 Kaylin siblings and both our parents suffered from depression and bipolar disorders. And I think my other brothers and sisters also suffered from the same illness but they're not comfortable talking about it. So I acknowledged to myself that everything was not well with me, and I began to put an exit plan in place to unclutter and uncomplicate my overcrowded, self-sacrificing life. What Barry might call a plus one plan for those of us operating under the illusion that we can save the world while neglecting ourselves. I cut back my work hours from 35 to 28, and I changed my work so that I now get home from work at 4 o'clock in the afternoon rather than 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Since I now get home at the wonderful hour at 4 o'clock, one of the things I usually do when I go home is I watch an episode of The Wire. Uh, if you're a community organizer who loves big cities, there's nothing like the comfort food of watching a little bit of The Wire every day. And you know, it's special, it's special having time and energy to actually reflect on what I've been doing, except just being buried back in the trenches every day. And I lost my place. Ah. I've rediscovered these things called books, amazing invention books. I have a huge stack of them sitting next to my chair in the living room, which I read for pure intellectual pleasure these days. I'm cooking meals for myself and friends, and they come by my often than these two. 
I even made my own first loaf of bread recently that was fairly good, although I will admit you could have pounded nails into the floor with it if you needed to. <laughs> I bought a $100 electric car that I'm just in the punking stage on now, and I hope, yes, to form a band someday. I think that's enough to want to incorporate it in my life. No, no way. Actually, there is one other thing. There's someone that I had my eye on, and let's hope that something can happen with that. I returned back to OMZ after a long hiatus, giving OMZ a rest and giving me a rest too. I plugged away at learning all the services as a Chiquito. I'm not sure why Chiquitoing makes me so nervous. Perhaps it has to do with being an organizer and being used to working quietly behind the scenes. Now suddenly I'm doing something new and out in the open. Very, or relatively early in my Chiquito experience, when I was still reluctant to start Chiquitoing, I was shadowing Lucas to learn more about Chiquitoing. And one day, Lucas looks at me and says, Bob, when are you going to just get into the saddle and ride? Like a lot of good advice I've been giving my life, this too annoyed the crap out of me for months. <laughs> These days now, when I'm nervous a lot learning something new, I just laugh and I thank Lucas for that piece of advice. Just show up, just say yes, just get up in the saddle and ride. A half a page of thank yous and then I'm done. I want to thank Barry for the mastery of the counterintuitive change-up pitch in Dokusan. Many times I walk out of Dokusan shaking my head saying, I think something good just happened in there, but I'm not, I'm not really exactly clear what that is. But it feels good in an odd kind of way. It feels good being messed with by Barry. Not everyone makes you feel good when they mess with you, but Barry does. Claire, my teacher and my friend, during the height of my mental illness, I called Claire one day, and I don't remember too many of the details of the call, except I was determined to argue with her and determined to keep her on the phone. And she hung in there with me and was just very patient and very loving, and I've never forgotten that. Sort of how she teaches me to be a Chiquito. I don't think anyone has ever carried kindness and patience to the high level of art that Claire has. Thanks, Claire. To Hope, Jessica, John, Niels, and Claire, thank you all for being my 2K buddies. And here's hoping that we actually do keep these meetings going. It's a rare thing to find a group of new people that I can feel safe with and where I'm encouraged to share the toughest things going on with me. To Karen, uh, Karen's not with us today, but I hope to go see Karen in Finland soon. She sent me an email one day when I was really up against it, and she used the word dis-ease, D-I-S hyphen E-A-S-E. And it slowed me right down, and it calmed me down, because it made me realize that I was only temporarily at ease. I wasn't hopelessly ill. So Karen, wherever you are, I think you're in Finland, but I'm not sure. 
Thank you. I don't think that most people know that there's another branch of OMZ in Raritan, New Jersey. It's better known as Susie and John's Farm. Um, uh, the song of praise that I would want to sing about Susie and John and their farm is longer than I could do today, so I'm just going to say, check it out if you have a chance. Definitely go there. Let's see. To Mark. Mark has been overwhelmingly and unceasingly friendly to me from the minute that I walked in the door at Omnipsy. He was just a totally welcoming person, and I've always appreciated that. Finally, to all of you sitting in this room, some of whom I'm meeting for the first time today, welcome and happy to meet you. And to the rest of you, thank you for your smiles, your hugs, your friendliness, and your congratulations about my chiquito eating, even though it sometimes feels like my personal chiquito follies as I'm, as I'm actually doing the chiquito eating. Finally, Lucas in his Jukai talk last year said he was seeking vulnerability to OMZ. I too am seeking vulnerability, and sometimes this day, these days it just feels like I'm feeling too vulnerable, but better to be feeling than not, and best to be able to express these feelings in the safe, supportive surroundings of OMZ. Thank you all. <laughs>